We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Wire. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm canning fucking powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm canning powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Episode four of the Eastbound and Down rewatch. Real quick before we get into it, want to give a big shout out to the Two five-star reviews we got in the month of December since we started this rewatch. Uh, maybe if we get a few more of those, we'll do a listener questions Eastbound and Down episode or something like that. Um, episodes of this Eastbound and Down rewatch are dropping every Monday except for the first Monday of next year. So the first Monday of 2021, I believe that is January 4th, uh, we'll be taking a week off. I'm going to throw something on the uh, throw something on the feed, but it won't be an Eastbound and Down episode. Uh, we'll be rolling on with that the week after. We're going to get through at least season one. And uh, joining me today to talk about chapter four and to talk about coming in your pants at a barbecue, it's Jeremy Loss. <laughs> Jeremy, you ready to talk about this incredible Kenny Powers moment in chapter four of Eastbound and Down? Oh, man, I have plenty of takes on this. It's, I mean, it's an all-time, uh, all-time Kenny moment. Uh, so, I mean, let's roll right into it. Chapter four, Kenny attends a barbecue at April and Terrence's house where his romantic feelings for April intensify. Later, Stevie puts together a DVD of Kenny's greatest moments in the hopes that the major leagues will notice. Leading off, what is your first impression of this episode, Jeremy? Um, besides, uh, ejaculating in your pants, um, this is by far the saddest and most cringeworthy episode of the series so far. Oh, for sure. It is tough to watch at times. Like, it is really, really tough. Um, and it just kind of feel to me, it felt like a natural progression for how the thing, how things were going. And we were waiting for Kenny to kind of hit bottom, and we get this in this episode. You actually, like, for me at least, you actually feel for him when he's talking to Dustin on the porch. Um, but this one, it doesn't have as many laughs as the other episodes. It's still very funny, but this is by far the saddest of the episodes so, in the series. It is rock bottom, um, but this episode is also about one thing. It's about Kenny coming in his pants. It's <laughs> it's the Kenny comes in his pants episode. But it, that's it how is we described it last week when we were down. discussing this. When we were yeah. like having an offline discussion, it was like, oh yeah, it's the come in his pants episode. <laughs> it's a it's a classic Kenny moment, but it is it is a much darker. I mean, it says a lot about this episode that Kenny coming in his pants is not Kenny's low moment of the episode. Um, so. Each week, we have a question for each other about the episode. I took yours last week. Uh, I went first, so it is it is your turn. You can go first. What is your, uh, what's your question about Chapter 4 of Eastbound and Down? So I have two. Okay, so perfect. I had, how many colors of thongs does Kenny own? Because Ooh. we get to see teal, red, black, and purple in the steroid montage. I'm sure he has just an endless array of, of thongs. I bet you he has a zebra print one, too. Um, whoever Kenny's like 
Kenny had an apparel deal. And he didn't get one when he was in the show. He didn't get one with like Nike or, you know, Reebok or whoever. Kenny got an apparel deal with like, I don't know if Spencer's has like a house brand, but it's something like that. Some weird offshoot that sent Kenny a cardboard box full of thongs. And we're just seeing the remnants. Yeah, he just has endless. He has probably like an endless array of of thongs that he's just rifling through. I don't think he wears the same thong twice. I think he has that many that he can just wear once and throw it out and then just onto a fresh pair. Um, and then my other question was, how long did it take Stevie to make the Kenny hype video? Ooh, uh, we, I mean, we should know this since we're, we're kind of in the, the chop it up, the content game. Now we don't do video kind at least on this podcast. I don't do video content. I don't know if on two jabronis, you guys are doing video content. We do. We dabble. We dabble. So Stevie's doing this on 2010. Um, he's doing it in his off time. Although it, Stevie clearly doesn't give a shit about his job anymore. Oh, I have I have many questions about that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it took Stevie probably at least ten hours because the thing is, I don't know the actual time amount, but it took Stevie twice as long as it should have because he's freaking out about it being perfect, even though it is terrible. Yeah, uh, I. He's a perfectionist when it comes to Kenny. Uh, I guarantee you he did this in a one night sitting because he wanted to impress Kenny that he can do a turnaround so quick rather than like splitting it up into different sec- like different segments and maybe doing it like an hour here, an hour there. He did it all in a 10 hour sitting, probably in the middle of the night, hopped up on like Mountain Dew Code Red. Yeah, and he didn't sleep either because he was too excited to sleep. He probably did the, the all nighter and then showed up at school ready to give... That that kind of that kind of keys into another question. Actually, what time is say hypothetically that school starts at eight, and teachers need to be there at seven? What time does Kenny get to school? Eight thirty-five. That's generous. He's there late every day. Uh, Kenny's never been on time. <laughs> never. Yeah, I mean, I would say eight thirty-five. He comes in like halfway through the first period. But I can easily show easily see him showing up like right around lunchtime and just like blowing off the first half of the day. Do you want to get into what what you have to say about Stevie and his job? Because I, I think that that's a, like a good opener for this episode. Is I'm just about, I'm because you're seeing the decline of Stevie as a human. Yeah, I'm flabbergasted that he still has a job. Uh, not only did he get busted in a hit and run or a drunk driving, whatever it was. Uh, in the last episode with Kenny, because Kenny put the the blame on him, but he is cursing out children uh, in front of the principal and then back talking the principal in front of the children, uh, openly subordinate, insubordinate uh, with his superiors. So I, I'm I'm shocked that he still has a job. I'm also shocked that he got the job in the first place because he doesn't seem too bright. Um, like he barely can put together a sentence. So um, it's just it's it's a little much. Well, and unlike Kenny, where Cutler is a complete simp for Kenny and right. will do anything for him, uh, Cutler straight up tells Stevie he doesn't understand the employer-employee relationship. Cutler is, is not does not feel the same way about Stevie, although you see April clearly has a fondness for Stevie and thinks of some of Stevie as like a sweet human. You can see when, when she gives him like the, oh, hey, Stevie, when he shows up, mm-hmm. and then... Um, I think Stevie burns almost every single bit of goodwill he has with April because um, Kenny has has corrupted him as a human. But uh, you can tell that Stevie pre Kenny just had that like kind of sweet dumbass nature about him. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, he just he doesn't strike me as very bright. I like Stevie. Like I've said this before on this podcast, but I love Stevie as a character. I think he's hilarious, but he's he's definitely not the brightest. Um, and he, you can start seeing the, the corrosive nature of, Ken, of the relationship with Kenny taking uh, a hold of him. Um, so I, I was shocked to see that, that Stevie still had a job. Um, it, it, does he only teach band? I, I don't think I that's think been he clear. only teaches, I think he only teaches band because in elementary okay. school or middle school, whatever, like you have like, yeah, I think he is only teaching band. Yeah. Cause usually like in middle school or at least in like my middle school and my high school, like the band teacher was also like a social studies teacher and like the basketball coach was also like a history teacher. Like he's probably just a a band teacher and then that's it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. If he was a, if he, if he would be a teacher for anything else, what would he teach? Oh, um, what are some other like elective class? Like Stevie could be the art teacher. He'd be really bad at it, but I could see that. Like I can't see an actual subject. I can't see him being like even being like a third or fourth grade teacher. Like I just don't think he he's capable. He could be like a woodshop teacher. Oh, that you, you're asking for problems there. <laughs> you're asking for big time problems as Stevie is teaching woodshop. Like I don't know who's more likely to have an accident, Stevie or student. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's rough. Um, someone is. Someone's oh, there's definitely going to be an accident if he's teaching woodshop for sure. Someone's losing a finger. Oh yeah. So what so is what question, do you what do you have for your questions? My question. Has there ever been a woman in pop culture, at least in recent pop culture, who's more sexually unsatisfied than April is in this episode? Oh, because my it's back to back Cutler and Kenny with the poor showing like April is fucking trapped. Like I, I've talked about this in some of the previous episodes about the kind of direction they go with with April. But like Cutler's making her so miserable that Kenny looks like an escape. Yeah. But she gets like sex stabbed with cut by cutler and then kenny comes in his pants like i came up just off the top of my head i came up with some other unsexually satisfied women in in pop culture uh maria thayer's character in forgetting sarah marshall she's the redhead uh it's pre jack mcbrayer's conversation with russell brand yeah. in that movie uh lindsey bluth in arrested development married to tobias likely extremely sexually unsatisfied uh, Jennifer Aniston in the Good Girl, in the Good Girl, which I, I enjoy the Good Girl, and then Dave Chappelle's wife in the Wrap It Up box sketch. That's the most similar thing <laughs> to what cut what is happening with Cutler and April, except April unfortunately does not have the Wrap It Up box. Oh man, I wish I would have known this question beforehand. I would have had my own list. That's good. I mean, I don't it, have anything on top of my head. I can't. I'm struggling. Maybe Lois Lois Griffin. No, because her and there are some there are times where her and Peter are still somehow sexually attracted to each other. Like you can tell, like April probably has not had a good sexual experience with Cutler. It's it's game over in their bedroom. Oh yeah, it's that cold open was painful. Yeah, it, it it's, was. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that in the in the best scene because. I had that as well, one let's, of mine. Well, let's roll into it. Let's talk about the cold open. Yeah, so I had the cold open as one of my best scenes. Um, not only because it is cringeworthy and it's funny, but like just the the transition he gets from riding on, this, on his bike, watching some random guy in front of him on a, on a hill, to watching, I would assume, is like Girls Gone Wild. And then like you get the scene where like it... It cuts to him standing next to his bike, like rubbing his junk, and then it, and then they have the worst sex imaginable. And then I have here as like one of my favorite quotes of the of the episode where he's he's talking about like, "Are you done?" And he's like, "I'm just gonna give it a, a couple more pumps." And then he counts down three, two, one before they hit the eastbound and down thing. Um, I, I just felt like that whole thing was extremely awkward, but also kind of telling as to where their relationship is, and it does set you up for April eventually hooking up with Kenny in the bathroom. And it's also really weird that my guy was getting off on the bike super sweaty and just started stroking it and then immediately had sex. Like, I'm sure he stinks to high heaven because he was sweating profusely while he was on that cycle or that that bicycle. You really feel for April in that scene. Mm hmm. It is. Uh, it, it's just gross all around. It's gross. It's disappointing. It does set up that she is just straight up tr trapped to where Kenny looks like a, a better option. They've had to have had at least like one occurrence of decent sex, right? For Maybe. her to be around and to like at least try to have sex with them, they've had to at least had one good round of sex. So you got to think. So so April has probably lived in that town her whole life. She is Kenny's high school girlfriend. She is certainly scorned by Kenny. I'm sure he never called her again after he left for pro ball. And I'm sure he was just terrible to her in high school, but she was probably mm -hmm. eating that shit up at the time. And because of that low self-esteem of being ghosted by Kenny Powers and seeing Kenny uh, reach the heights that Kenny did, April probably met a ton of bad men. 
Color is an overcorrection, I think. Color yeah. is safe. He is a principal. He is a complete cheese dick. I, I think that is a massive overcorrection by April of like, I am tired of dating bar scumbag, just like my high school boyfriend, Kenny. I am a teacher. I am respected. I am going to date the principal, and this is what I deserve. And then she realizes, like, oh, this guy's super boring, too. Yeah. That's a good call about it being an overcorrection. I can see that, where she's just been, like, pummeled by douchebag after douchebag after douchebag. And then finally she's like, I'm just going to go with the safe bet here. But I'm still, like, I still believe that there had to have been at least one occurrence where it was decent to semi-decent sex so that even like the remote possibility of having sex doesn't seem like it's gag worthy for her because you still like and yeah she still has to get into the mood to at least attempt it so i'm assuming that there has to be like there has to be an occurrence of least like maybe he got like whiskey dick and just went like crazy you know and like had an out-of-body experience and then now was the the one occurrence we're getting too down too far down the road on how good cutler's sex is but you never like, you know what I mean? This is going to be a really sexual episode because the next thing I have for best scene after the cold open, it's kind of, it's like the, the short moments thing. But honestly, when the, the ordeal of Kenny coming in his pants is the next thing I have is for best scene. So that's Kenny walking upstairs into uh into april's room and she asks what he's doing up there and he says besides creeping around in here like some kind of rapist <laughs> which is exactly what he looks like and then we get the one iconic moment of this episode Oh god. Oh shit. Oh shit. We shouldn't do this. Did we just ejaculate? No, no, this is moving too fast. I just got back into town and you're engaged. We, we shouldn't do this. This is a mistake. No, it's not a mistake. Hey, but it's just that your feelings are on the line. Yeah. Um they built that up perfectly. Um because outside like after that rape comment, he he kind of just owns up to it. It's like, you know I'm here, and then they start kissing and she removes the shirt. For some reason, I remembered it differently. I thought like she wasn't wearing a bra last time. Maybe they, I just completely dis, uh, misremembered it. But, anyways, when she takes her shirt off and they're kissing, and then he, yes, he does come in his pants, and it's painfully awkward to see him have to like recoil after coming in his pants, uh, and then taking the tissues out of the the tissue box next to the bed. Uh, all of it is incredibly cringeworthy, um, but also very eastbound and down. It's it's really great. It's the one laugh out loud moment. And what is a dark episode, like you said? Yeah, and I had a couple other scenes that are not necessarily funny, but speak to the larger like story that's being told within the episode. Uh, one that I had was the, the hype video preview at the bar with Clegg. <laughs> um, in part because I, I saw Clegg as like the voice of reason throughout that entire scene because he's the only person that was like, if you're sending this, sending this to the majors, like, don't you want to show them that you're like throwing the ball? And Kenny responds, "Dude, you want to see animal sounds? Throwing the ball, cutting down trees, like he's a fucking force to be reckoned with." And uh, it's just that whole um, encounter is pretty funny to me. And then Clegg gives him the bag of shrooms instead of the steroids. Um, Clegg also suggests that he needs to get some uh, get some scenes of him smoking weed in that yes, video, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah um so i love that one i have the the confrontation with the drunk cutler um i had that one too it's just like color just with a straight up truth bomb yeah it's kenny right hard. in the face that's what spirals kenny down like and you gotta think kenny is kenny is taking that truth bomb from cutler basically kenny telling cutler that he's or cutler telling kenny that he's washed and kenny is kenny is listening to that while he's got cum in his pants yeah yeah, uh, everything is going wrong in that in that in that moment. You have his date stripping. Uh, she beats the shit out of him with that wood paddle. Stevie's making a scene because he has no shirt on, uh, and obviously he has the awkward uh, situation with the cum in his pants. So everything is going wrong there. Um, and then I have 
uh, probably the most sincere moment of the episode is the heart to heart with Dustin. Oh, yeah. It redeems a lot about this episode. Yes. Uh, that is a really touching scene. It also, like, it really does make you root for Kenny because you see how broken he is. Even though he tries to play it off that he's not, he still has a Kennyism thrown in there. Um, you still feel for the guy because you can realize that, like, you can see that he probably realizes it's over and, like, he's at the bottom. So um, I really love that moment. And, and Dustin really doesn't say any mu- say much in that episode. It's literally just him listening to Kenny. That kind of it, that scene ties into what I had as the most authentic and one of the more genuine parts about this first season. Uh, something like a, a lot of comedy is rooted in honesty, and something about what Kenny like Kenny is lamenting that how the things that got him through life with pretty much zero accountability and put him on the top, everything has left him behind his mm-hmm. talent, his fame, etc. Like Color basically tells him he's a fucking nobody. And it's something that a lot of athletes struggle with. It's not like leaving the game behind. It's not leaving the money behind, although that's, you know, that's a lot of it. It's not being special. And Kenny isn't special. He's like the opposite. Kenny is pretty much worthless. And he's kind of realizing that Kenny has, has nothing to fall back on. He has no more talent. He has no more money. No one except Stevie thinks he's a big deal. And it's, it's a very genuine moment. And it's a, it's a very, you almost feel really, really bad for Kenny. Like you, you, you still know as a viewer, you're like, this guy did this to himself, right? But you almost feel you feel bad for like you want Kenny to succeed, like you said. Yeah, you want him. You want to see him pick himself up off the ground after that. Um, and I, I think it's it's also a really great job that they do by not having him kind of immediately turn and start like his ascension back up the ranks. Like they show him afterward breaking shit in his house because he's still upset and he's still kind of at rock bottom. So they allow that to linger for an episode, which I thought was really well done. Cause it, it very well could have been like, he has this heart to heart with Dustin and then he immediately like goes into the gym and start and like has this motivation to work out because he wants to improve. But instead they show that Kenny can't break out of it. He's still wallowing in his, his issues and he basically destroys their, their living room. Is that what you had as your best scene of the episode? Yeah, I I love that heart to heart. I just the him coming in his pants is a, is an iconic scene, but for me it was more like a moment. This the heart to heart was just like all together a, a really powerful scene in a series that is fairly lighthearted and supposed to be uh, com- is very comedic. This is a a very sincere heartwarming um back and forth between two brothers and you see a guy that's really struggling with the fact that struggling with the the idea that he is nobody and he's realizing that he's nobody. It is. It's a it's a great scene. It's a great way to round out this episode. And I also know that I said that I wasn't going to pick like just fleeting moments for uh best scene, but my my the best scene for me is Kenny coming in his pants. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that is a that is a a quality moment um in a rather down episode. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick ad break and then get back with most and least authentic. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over, thank God. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by Bet Online. 
Football is back in full swing. We're almost at the playoffs, and somehow the Cowboys' money line has hit two weeks in a row at the time of this recording. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Right now is the perfect time to get in on the Super Bowl bets and fade the Chiefs if you're feeling brave. Uh, head to Bet Online today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, uh, so I I kind of already did my most authentic. I was talking about you know the situation Kenny was in. Did you have anything else that that was authentic or genuine about this one? Yeah, so I have the importance of a hype video. Um, I think nowadays, uh, and from working in sports, I learned this fairly quickly, like how in how vital. Um, a hype video is to the success of athletes in today's day and age, like especially early in their careers, like a high school mixtape that goes viral can skyrocket a talent, you know? Um, and I think that's, I think this was like way ahead of their time. I don't think they were going for that, but like, it, it does kind of speak to the fact that like you need a hype video, you need something to catch people's attention, whether it's on social media or on YouTube or ever. Like, so every athlete has one. I mean, there's even hype, uh, hype videos for like, water boys now like everybody has a hype video and it's just they're very very important when it comes to the overall trajectory of an athlete in today's day and age if a former big league reliever had had put out a serious version of of kenny's video here and like trying to do like taking it dead serious like if kenny powers didn't exist and a, and a reliever did this i would have watched it four hundred thousand times it would have been right? the funniest thing i've ever seen it would have been the most viral thing on the internet for at least two months Oh, for sure. Like it would have sure. went bananas. Like so, uh, I think that was really authentic to me. And also, the difficulty of hitting the speed bag in his little in his hype video, he tries to hit the speed bag and he is nowhere close to it. And I don't know if you've ever tried to hit a speed bag. That shit is really really hard. So, um, just a, a minor thing, but yeah, the the hype video is really super authentic for me. I have something for least that is perhaps the the least authentic part of this entire series. Hit me. Did you notice Stevie's tray of deviled eggs when he comes in? He made he made less than a full dozen. There's like, because if you make a full dozen deviled eggs, you have twenty four deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. Stevie is for sure. There's like less than eighteen there. Like it is the most lazy ass. Like, why try at that point? I bet Stevie you he, only brings like he makes like seven deviled eggs. I bet you he made a full batch and ate most of them at home. And like, then while the he leftovers. was up, while he was up pulling his all nighter doing the uh, doing the hype video. Yeah, like he I, did. You see him when he was out there with Kenny uh, at the barbecue. He just shovels at least two in his mouth fairly quickly. So I'm sure that he made a full batch and ate at least half of them and just brought the leftovers. Kenny did not bring anything, if I remember correctly, right? He did not. No. Him and him and Tracy just walk in. If Kenny was gonna bring something to a barbecue, what do you what do you think is Kenny's like barbecue dish of choice? Oh, I don't know if he brings a dish. I think he brings like a twenty four pack of Natty Ice. Oh yeah, I mean that. Of course, of course. Or like a couple four locos. Kenny brings something that he took out of Dustin's fridge. So like, like potato what, salad? Yeah, but it but it's old. It's in Tupperware. It's from last weekend. Uh it, Kenny is not he's certainly not buying anything. He's not making anything. He's not going to put in any sort of effort whatsoever. So he is he is bringing something from Dustin's house or like a uh half a bag of potato chips, but like they didn't have an extra clip for them and they're just <laughs> rolled up and they're hoping that, you know, they don't go stale. He's bringing that bag of lays. Yeah. He's just raiding the pantry at Dustin's house and then bringing it to the party. Absolutely. Did you have anything else glaring for least authentic? Kenny knocking down the sign in the video. There's absolutely <laughs> no way he threw that ball. Like the way that it, the way that the sign turns and the, the velocity that the ball hits the sign like Stevie's on the like Stevie's behind the camera and like throwing the ball at the sign to make sure that it, it turns to make it look like Kenny hit it. There's absolutely no way he hit that sign. 
Yeah, I would like to watch the, and I, this might exist. It might might be on the season one DVD or something, but like the behind the scenes of them filming the Kenny hype video. Yeah, I just want to see the behind the scenes of like Kenny actually of like Danny McBride actually throwing the ball because I'm sure what it looks like in real life is essentially what it was what was happening in the scene with the the PE class where he's trying to throw a curveball and it's just like darting into the uh, into the ground like three feet in front of him. Like I'm every time he releases the ball, I'm like, there's no way that goes further than ten feet. You know that was a very actually authentic part of the show though is Kenny's performance anxiety when it comes to pitching and like not wanting to be seen like getting getting this in like a a real life example so on um my other podcast from phenom to the farm i talked to a former uh catcher in the race system uh who who had the yips and in spring training this is a professional catcher who was paid a lot of money to sign out of high school and in spring training one season he would go to the batting cages before anyone else got to the complex and it would just be him and another coach and they would work on throwing so no one could watch him throw like that's how bad it got so kenny was kind of doing the same thing except he had lined up a bunch of children in the dugout and are forcing them to turn around which is infinitely worse didn't rick uh rick and keel have the yips too Rick Ankeel is one of the more famous cases of the yeah. yips in the past, like, 20 years. Yeah, Rick Ankeel had the yips, and they were so bad that he turned into an outfielder. Uh, he converted into an outfielder with a fucking laser to where, like, Rick Ankeel could throw a ball from center field to third base on a line and throw someone out, but Rick Ankeel could not throw a ball 60 feet, 6 inches uh, over the over. Yeah, it was, plate. like, it was way off when he was trying to pitch. It was at least, like over the dugout right or like at least over the backstop like he was bad yeah he threw he had like a record number of wild pitches and one it, it got real bad i mean um the, i mean the yips are for pitchers are a real thing uh, daniel bard came back this year for the rockies after you know seven plus years out of baseball or like out of the big leagues because of the yips like it is a it is a serious thing and you know, some guys overcome it, and then other guys are like Kenny Powers thrown at a middle school baseball field while their, you know, dimwit sidekick yells at children. Yeah, it I goes feel both like, ways. I feel like golf and baseball are where you see the yips the most. Because they're yeah. like, it, the, those games are so between the ears that whenever it just a little bit is off, like you'll start to see their game erode. Like golf is terrible when it comes to the yips. Oh, you know, for personally, sure. I had to deal with that. Um, but professional golfers with the yips is is awful. Like, um, who's the guy that walks in his putts all the time? Kevin uh, Na. Yeah, Kevin Na. He had a, a series of yips when uh, when he was trying to drive the ball. Like he would take full swings over over the ball, and people thought he was absolutely like thought he was missing the ball, and it was just because he couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, Brendan Todd, who won two two times this past year, I think he almost had to leave golf because mm-hmm. of the yips. Like it got it got real bad. Shout out to Tin Cup, the uh, the Costner golf movie, which has one of the best on screen depictions of of getting the yips or getting the shanks, as they as they call it in the movie. Uh, Jeremy, what else? What worked for you about this episode? Because it is a different vibe episode. It wasn't it wasn't really laugh out loud. Besides Kenny coming in his pants, right? Um, so I hadn't here, and I talked about this earlier. Just the way that this episode makes you makes Kenny a sympathetic figure, um, and it happens very late in the episode. But you just start to see the walls kind of break down for him, and you start to re- see that he is realizing his place in the world now. Um, so they do a good job of making him seem like a sympathetic figure. And then I also have Stevie. For, for whatever reason, Stevie works for me, um, and they did a really good job of just making him come across as a stooge. Like he is Kenny stooge through and through it's awkward. It's uncomfortable, but he will do anything for Kenny. If it's taking off his shirt at a barbecue or forcing individuals to watch a really poorly made hype video, he's going to do it because he loves Kenny powers. Um, So I, I think what they're doing with Stevie, yes, it's awkward and it's, it's weird, but it works for me for whatever reason. Yeah, Stevie's just still... I will say, this episode was better for Stevie. I was able to get some laughs like when he... And again, it's more of like... 
it was more of when he was being used as a vehicle. When when him and Kenny show up. By the way, we're four for four, and Kenny wearing his stepping out clothes. And oh man, he loves all those. black outfit. Yeah, that's his fit. But that that standoff that was it's basically the I don't I don't know the other guy's name, but it's that meme where it's it's P Diddy and that one guy just like staring at each other, and that's oh, what yeah. Kenny and Stevie did about the shirt. And Stevie walks out. So that's again, that's more of Stevie being used as a vehicle for some comedy instead of producing it. Because like when he starts freaking out on Tracy, it's just like, oh, this guy is, this guy is just the ultimate cringe, and it's not like a funny cringe for me. Is it he was like, a better. Th- is he throwing Stevie. hands in that? Is is he throwing hands in that moment, or is he just trying to like corral her? I couldn't I quite like. I make think him. he's trying to corral her, but very aggressively, like. I actually put that down. It is not funny when he says super misogynistic stuff. Like, it right. just comes off as gross. Whereas Kenny, and this sounds bad, but, like, it's kind of, we've said this the whole time, that with Kenny, the bar is so low that everything he says can be funny because you know it is supposed to be. This guy is supposed to be the worst. Is and it, it almost like, gives you, like, permission to laugh at that stuff. With Stevie, it's like, oh, fuck, that sucks. I wonder if it's, like, the level of authenticity when it comes to that. Like, I feel like it's authentic for 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 Kenny to act that way, and I think that's why we kind of accept it. And then with Stevie, it doesn't come across as authentic. It just seems like he's trying to, like, look cool in front of Kenny, so it just comes off really bad. I wonder if that's the reason why we kind of accept it with Kenny versus when Stevie does it, it's, it's super cringeworthy and it's really distasteful i mean stevie is the nerdy middle schooler who starts hanging out with the bad kids right bad group of kids and starts imitating everything they do but it just does not come off naturally for him at all like these kids are like shoplifting from the gas station and they're like smoking cigarettes they stole like single cigarettes they stole from their parents and they're cussing but they're like kind of bad at it and then the nerdy kid, the Stevie in this situation, is real bad at it. And that's we're just seeing that in a grown-up, trashier version of Stevie trying to imitate Kenny Powers. Kenny's been doing this shit since he was probably 14. Stevie just started doing this shit last week. Yeah, I mean, I bet Kenny's been doing it since he was like eight years old. He's definitely like one of those like shithead kids that just is cursing and acting the fool and embarrassing his parents in front of other parents. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like the, the little things with Stevie is what, what kind of gets it for me. So like, I loved his interaction with Cutler. Yes. It's, it's really awkward where he's, he's basically like saying he doesn't want to, he doesn't like his job. And, and Cutler says like, you don't understand the employee employer relationship. Like I like that interaction. Mm-hmm. I liked his initial reaction with, uh, April, um, when he first arrives at the party and they, they kind of play it like that's Kenny walking into the party. And then you realize that it's Stevie just wearing Kenny cosplay and he even has the necklace. He has the boots, everything about that. Um, and then <laughs> when he, when they, when they do the reveal that he doesn't have a shirt on and April is saying like, why is he half naked? And <laughs> it's just like, for me, it's just those little moments are, are really funny to me. The moment with Tracy doesn't work for me, but other things that Stevie does throughout the episode just kind of continue and like him kind of gloating at the the fact that he's using certain software to make this video that looks like a child made it. So um, that's, that's why the nerdy fo- kid getting in with the uh, yeah. getting in with it. You know, he was the, the nerdy kid showed those kids how to use like Napster. Mm hmm. There yeah. are a couple uh there are a couple just like classic fleeting funny moments in this one. Uh the clip in the Kenny video towards the end where it's Stevie holding up the flag behind him and it says 9/11 on the screen like it's just out of context. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so funny. Uh also the we haven't talked yet the cover of Sound of Silence while Kenny jet skis and jeans and a white linen shirt incredible <laughs> Kenny Powers moment. Oh man, that moment had me actually laughing out loud because I just couldn't and then his gas runs out and he just jumps off the jet ski. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it's just everything's going bad for Kenny. And I think that's the first time we've seen him in that outfit, but like jet skiing and jeans and a white linen shirt. Again, it's Kenny Powers and you you believe that he would do that. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the guy jet like his other jet skiing clothes are jean shorts. So, <laughs> <laughs> also his workout gear is like straight off the walmart like racks his workout gear is leaves much to be desired he doesn't it have might much. have actually it might have actually been like they that's probably where they got it as as kenny's costumes which is even funnier yeah i mean it just 
the clothes don't look um they don't look like they kind of improve performance at all they just they hang loosely off of him his shoes look like hiking boots which fits i mean it all fits kenny powers perfect though i would kind of imagine like kenny powers working out in like his his snakeskin boots i could see it or in like new balance sneakers well i mean we haven't talked to do you remember after I think it was after season one that Danny McBride as Kenny Powers got an endorsement deal with K-Swiss, the K-Swiss yeah. tubes. Yeah. I almost bought some K-Swiss tubes because of those ads. Oh, really? <laughs> Kenny almost saved K-Swiss. Oh, man. I remember when K-Swiss... Is K-Swiss still a thing? We're going to see right now. I remember when they were pretty big. And obviously, like they have a sizable... Or at least they did have a sizable um, like audience and awareness within tennis, but yeah, they're the K Swiss is having a sale right now. Hey, they're they're leaning, they're straight, they're just leaning into the tennis, like the the tennis reputation. Yeah, they they've, just found they've their gone lane. away from they've gone away from Kenny Powers. Smart, I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I think they tried to get in on like ride like a nike shocks kind of wave like they tried to pull that um they still sell the tubes though tubes got, comfort these shoes are not black man these shoes are ugly the black ones with pink on the bottom are you oh looking my. at those no i'm looking at the gray black ones with the lime green or neon green bottom I do want to throw out to listeners of this show, if if uh, you want to buy a pair of K-Swiss tubes in an 11 and ship them to me, I will wear them and put a picture on the Big Screen Sports Twitter account. Oh, my God. I will rep the Kenny Power. I will wear the tubes every time we record an episode of this podcast. Shout out. If you're a listener and you ever bought a pair of K-Swiss tubes, Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, tweet at us. I, I want to know about the tubes experience. I was very. I was almost a tube guy. These look uh, like Reeboks. Yeah, they I they were they were a rip off of something. Because they're th- definitely this was, a rip off of the shocks. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I had a pair of shocks. Those things were Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone had a pair of shocks. You were Those were my go-to cool. basketball yeah. shoes in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you got to throw up jumpers in, the shocks. Yeah, and um, you try to dunk and you fail <laughs> miserably. That was exactly. that was my go-to. What worked yeah, for you I, in this I'm episode? Five, I'm 5'7". I don't dunk. There, there was no dunking for me. <laughs> I have something for your fucking out. Something that... I, I wouldn't have removed it from this episode because it says a lot about a certain character, but I almost like audibly gagged when Cutler said he was making pumpkin margaritas. I had the same fucking thing. <laughs> Awful. Oh, when, my when, God. But, it, but it, again, it's like... Look at how trapped April is. Like she's having this weird, sweaty, gross sex with Cutler. He thinks pumpkin margaritas are a good time, but I also like Cutler's so nice that I don't like April isn't gonna say anything to him, but like she definitely should. Yeah, uh, I like gagged in my mouth when I heard pumpkin margaritas. He also takes like ten shots of I would assume is tequila. With with Tracy while they're just getting hammered, so you put that on top of the margaritas, man. They were he was trashed by the end of the party, but yeah, April's one hundred percent stuck there. Um, I, I'm sure she feels like she's living like this is the life that she needs to lead. Like she is with somebody stable. She has a house. They're having weekend barbecues with their church group. Everything is like she's living the perfect american life but yeah you can see she's unhappy and then obviously she has the moment with kenny where it really kind of solidifies that but pumpkin margaritas sound fucking awful awful and that you just touched on it. that's exactly the position that april's in is like she knows she should be not she should be but she's like this was supposed to be the thing that worked out and made me happy like this is the exact opposite of every man i've ever dated like this guy's stable. this is like a good th- job i'm sure this is the life that like her mom or her grandmother had told her like, this is what you have to do. Like, or like this way that like society has shaped things. Like this is how you have to live your life. And this is what has to happen. Obviously she's not, that's not the the life that she wants to lead, but that's the way that she is kind of envisioning that she has to. Let's roll that right into the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Cause for me, it's a, it's a two woman race. 
It's okay. Katie Mixon is April. It's probably the strongest April episode. And then Sylvia Jeffries is Tracy, who is accidentally the dream wing woman for Kenny. Like she gets Cutler shit hammered, distracts him completely so Kenny can go upstairs and come in his pants with April. And she also tells Stevie off, which is which is a high was, point for me. So a question, was that the game plan? Like, do you think Kenny was like, you need to like focus on Cutler and get him shit hammered? Or was that something that Tracy just did organically where she saw an opportunity to mingle with somebody that she can potentially hook up with? No, that was like, you know, in the dark night when um, when Alfred is telling Bruce that like the the mob, you know, entrust like put gave power to someone they didn't completely understand. That's what happened with uh, with with Kenny bringing Tracy to the to the barbecue. Like it was like unleashing Joker on Gotham City. Like he he couldn't really know what was going to happen. And like, you know, Tracy, like pulling her titties out in a barbecue is like the joker rigging those two boats to blow up at the end she of the pulls her titties night. out at a barbecue full of of a church like with the church, a church group. group yeah the church group yeah it was so yeah there there was no I, I don't think kenny and tracy either of them even if that was kenny's like even if he that was his plan like i don't think he could have trusted tracy to go along with anything i think tracy tracy's like the wind like she's just going whatever direction <laughs> That's excellent. I had Tracy as well. I also had Stevie and Cutler. I, I thought I knew you were going to make a case for Stevie. Steve, this was <laughs> this was a Stevie. I I even had a question like, is this the Stevie episode? Um, it's certainly a better Stevie episode. I will I will give you I will give you that. It is a better Stevie episode than we've had. Yeah, I mean, this is the time that they kind of let him loose. Um, but also, I thought Cutler was a, a good supporting character here as well. Um, because it's you can start to see that um, while he is a simp for Kenny, you can see that he is not going to pull up put up with his bullshit at least when he's like when he's hammered, when his true feelings come out, and he's willing to um, take him down a peg um, and really show that he can be an asshole rather than just like this squeaky clean guy that's just trying to be everybody's friend. Like he is kind of an asshole. Um, so I thought all three of those played a, a pretty integral part into this episode, but also, yeah, April was, was key as well. And then kind of on the back end, just kind of sneaking in there was Dustin. Like Dustin does play a, like, yes, he's, he's not in the episode very often, but he has moments where he is really being an ally and a, and a really great big brother to Kenny, whether it's listening to Kenny, uh, on the porch or even their like weird, talk that they had outside of the dance studio which was a really weird uh, like scene that they just happened to throw in watching i don't remember which kid that is that's actually dancing in the dance <laughs> i studio. just think of him as shrek <laughs> they're doing <laughs> he's just like shrek. way off beat and like doing terrible hip-hop dance um but i just thought like dustin has his like dustin was like the Dion waiters of this episode like he's barely in it but man he's 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 going off because he's that goes put- right into kennyisms for me yeah. because that that one outside of the dance studio has Kenny talking about his cookouts. Yeah, I had goddamn spoon man from the Soundgarden videos <laughs> coming to my shit. <laughs> Just incredible Kenny rant on his on his Seattle cookouts. Stupid cookout. As if their fucking cookout is any sort of big thing. Dumb. You should see my fucking cookouts, man. When I was back in Seattle, I had the goddamn spoon man from the Soundgarden videos coming to my shit. No way. Oh, yeah. I'm talking six grills burning at all times. Tiki torches, three whole pigs, fucking shitloads of macaroni and cheeses, baked potatoes, collard greens, oh. a horse, fucking Puerto Rican chicks showing their pussies and tits off everywhere. They were amazing. That sounds like a hell of a cookout. Yeah, you bet your ass they were. Yeah, um, they were. And then he has the, the anecdote about the Puerto Rican women. Um, everything about that was a, a really great little rant. I have way too many Kennyisms here. Um, and they are, I mean, just really quick hitters. Like in the video, when he's about to get his, uh, his steroids, it flashes on the video saying sober and ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that, that they had to and put he's that like, in there. And he's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, when he's talking about who to send the tape to, he says, fuck the West up the butthole. They get nothing. And then um, obviously the, Dude, you want to see animal sounds, throwing the ball, cutting down trees like a force to be fucking wrecking with. Um, and then when he's talking to Dustin 
about April's barbecue. <laughs> he says, sitting here waving her cervix around like it's the biggest, best ticket in town. Like, that's just a weird way to say things. And he's just talking, like, for whatever reason, he's talking about April's cervix. Um, and then I also had, when he's introducing Tracy to the crew, he, he talks as well. He says she's an artist. She has many pieces in the art, pieces of art in the Louvre. Um, just mispr- mispronouncing the Louvre. Um, and then lastly, he also introduces her as I don't think you've met my fuck buddy. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then April says like, didn't we go to middle school together? Um, and then the last one that I had was when he's having the heart to heart with Dustin. And I think this yes. is the best quote is I'm not crying. It's just the fucking pollen that's making my eyes fucking water. Uh, <laughs> and he's he's like he goes on that monologue lamenting about losing his talents and his ability not to come in his pants. Yes, he says, I don't know what's going on, man. It's I'm just all jammed up inside. Lost my abilities. Been stripped of all my God-given talents, including the talents to be able to have sex with any woman I choose or throw a fucking ball fast or to not prematurely come in my pants. Sometimes I just don't know which one hurts the most. I'm ashamed of myself. I think that's my favorite with an honorary mention on besides creeping around in here like some kind of rapist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's some solid Kennyisms in that in that moment on the porch. Um they're funny, but also they do have a sincerity about them and you realize that like he does understand that he is nothing at the moment. Um uh, but he can't help himself. When he's talking about the pollen, like he can't show that he's actually crying. Like he tries to make an excuse there, and then obviously, like him talking about all his God-given talents be taken away, and they, I don't, he's starting to realize that he just doesn't have anything. If you had to pick one Kennyism, one Kenny quote, what is it? It's the pollen for me. Like the fact <laughs> that he just couldn't, he couldn't say like, "Yeah, I'm crying." He's like, "No, it's the pollen that's making my eyes fucking water." So Kenny being Kenny, the best like Kenny moment. I have three. Uh, one one we've talked about to to no end coming in his pants. Uh, two we haven't mentioned yet: drinking Miller High Life during his workout montage, which is a really excellent touch <laughs> that yeah. he's drinking the champagne of beers and then icing his balls. <laughs> during, <laughs> um, and then when he goes into April's, April is the art teacher. Actually, he goes into April's art class telling a kid beat it Kyle and then handing the kid a half eaten corn dog and then he throws that random kid's pottery down and breaks it <laughs> that that scene is so awkward because like he just feels the need to like have a fight with her in the middle of class like like nobody's around also some of that art looks like it's a ki- like I thought it was like a kindergarten class at first when they show the art and I was like why are they like in a kindergarten class um but yeah that's a great scene um but I think Kenny being Kenny is him on the jet ski in jeans and a button-up shirt. I mean, that's a really good one, too. I, I feel like it's hard to pick against the the coming in his pants part. True. Although that's not as much, like, that's not as personality-driven as, like, the, the jet skiing on jeans in a, in a white linen shirt. Yeah, I mean, the jet ski just seems like that is Kenny being Kenny and, like, the the coming in his pants is just like a byproduct of his lifestyle and the fact that like he's a screw up and like shit just isn't going right for him. I will concede that point. I, I think you're right. I think it is the jet ski, the jeans yeah. and the linen shirt on the jet ski. The big cringe. I it's coming in his pants. It well, it's coming in his pants. I, I just honorable mention Stevie throwing on the DVD while shirtless is extraordinarily <laughs> yeah. cringy when the they're entire in the screening. Room. Yeah, it is. It is painful to watch, but yeah, you're, it is, it is coming in his pants for sure. And then in, uh, like an honorable mention is also just Cutler going scorched earth on Kenny while drunk. That whole, uh, predicament that, that goes on there from, Cutler shredding Kenny to Tracy taking her top off to Stevie failing to corral her and doing maybe throwing hands with her to like April just sitting there defeated, just looking like a broken woman at the very end of it. And then Kenny realizing that it's all over for him after getting hit with the paddle. That's a really cringeworthy moment, but you can't really top watching somebody come in their own pants. That's the scene in the dark night where like, I Cutler love the dark t- connections that you're pulling out tonight. This is <laughs> Cutler is Two Face 
and Tracy has turned him on every is just turned him into a fucking crazy person. And Cutler's got Jim Gordon's family hostage and he's just throwing takes. And Kenny eventually just has to like and instead of spearing Cutler and killing him by jumping off a roof, Kenny just has to like run with his tail tucked in in between his legs. I I think we need to have at least one Batman connection every episode now. I think we can find it. I, I especially in, in the Christopher Nolan uh, three the three Christopher Nolan movies. I'm not. I won't be pulling any of the uh, Ben Affleck Batman movies, but I think we can do it. Uh, this I can is probably pull a couple from from uh, Batman Forever. That is my favorite Batman. Oh, that's a hot take. I love Batman Forever. Man, that is a that is a quality film. I mean, yeah, but the Dark Knight is one of the, just the Dark Knight is. I amazing. said it's my it's my favorite. I don't know if it's the best. The Dark Knight is the best one, probably like cinematically. But I also think that movie is is put up on a pedestal for Heath Le- because of Heath Ledger. Like Heath Ledger carries that movie. I don't know if you've like I've watched it a handful of times um in the past few years and it's there's a lot of issues with that movie and Heath Ledger just kind of makes up for it because he's so damn good yeah I mean he puts it on his shoulders uh but that that's a hall of fame movie for me is this a hall of fame all-star starter or bench warmer eastbound and down episode for you um this one might be a bench warmer for me I was going between bench warmer and starter and I gotta say the I think the come in the pants saves it the so come like in the pants starter? makes it a starter yeah yeah, it's it's not a great. It, it's still a starter. The come in the pants saves it. I'm gonna isolate that clip and just use that to promote the episode. I think like <laughs> the come in the pants saves it. Yeah, I mean, I can, I get that. It's just um, a large chunk of this of this episode is uh, kind of tough to watch. Uh, it's definitely not as funny as the other ones, but I don't think that's technically like a detriment to it um but i just can't put it on par with some of the other episodes uh maybe i'll change my mind later later in this rewatch but for now i'm i'm happy putting it as a bench warmer maybe like the first guy off the bench we're gonna have to reevaluate after we've got two more episodes left in season one then we should kind of take stock in what's in what's what i think yeah maybe we have to change should we change the the categories and maybe just make it more like baseball oriented like have like he's your ace it's a fifth starter first guy off the bench hall of fame yeah we we might have to we might have to kick that around because they're there we we could need some more classification because like the the pilot of this show is an ace pitcher it's a you know it's a number three hitter it's just it's everything you want this one is like this one could start for some teams it's like, it's like a, a second division starter? regular yeah it's you know, it, again, it's the come in the pants for me. Like, <laughs> and, and the and then the the monologue at the end when he's talking to Dustin about the, like he's lamenting the loss of his abilities. I right. think that's really good. That that cements it as a starter for me. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I buy that. I buy that. Yeah, I'll Jeremy. still stick. I'll stick with the bench warmer, but I buy your your argument. Fair, fair. We'll, we're gonna roll with that, uh, Jeremy. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to uh, to covering the rest of these. Tell the folks again where they can follow you on social media, where they can catch your other podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can uh, hear me on Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast every Thursday in your podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, we are also pro- uh, part of the Blue Wire team, so if you if you love pro wrestling, give Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast a listen every Thursday. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports and the Eastbound and Down Rewatch, remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review on Apple Podcast, and go back, check out the feed, see if in our in our past hundred episodes we have covered one of your favorite sports movies. Big Screen Sports and this rewatch come at you every Monday, except next Monday. Monday the 4th, we will not have a rewatch of Eastbound and Down. Um, I will throw up something on that feed, but it is not going to be Eastbound and Down. We're taking a recording break. We'll be right back at it on Monday, January 11th, covering Chapter 5. And then we we have a special guest. 
covering the season finale on Monday, January 18th. Stay tuned, everybody. Have a happy holidays, and we'll catch you in a few weeks. Thanks. Happy holidays. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.